Hello, welcome back to the Being Back Pod. I am your host, Camille Smith. If you are tuning in, thank you so much. And if you are returning, I really appreciate y'all sticking around. You are tuning in to the Being Black and Creating Spaces season, uh, which is basically a season that I talk to 10 different guests that are creating spaces in their various spaces. So I'm super, super excited to be talking to Kevin Stevenson Jr. He's a 26-year-old travel and commercial photographer, entrepreneur, and philanthropist who has been able to make his journey full of limitless thinking and decisions. Kevin and I have actually worked together on various occasions. If you follow me on my socials, um, he's been the photographer behind a lot of the photos associated with like the engineering gala. Um, and just been, has really been like a really good person and just friend to me over like the past year and a half or so. Um, I really hold his opinion, you know, near and dear to my heart because, when you see someone that has a vision and is able to execute it like Kevin does, you want to stick around them and you want to learn from them as much as possible. So I'm really, really excited to be able to talk with you, have this conversation in a more official sense. Um, and also, again, give the listeners more of a um, a, a direct line to you, if you will, because yeah. Kevin's really busy, y'all. Kevin's always busy. Kevin's just, Kevin is just as busy as I am, which is crazy because Let's I know that I'm busy. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> To give me and our listeners a point of reference for you, we're going to start off our conversation with four initial questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. But first, let me say, I want to first say this thank you for allowing, you know, creating this space for me to share on my end and for the listeners too. So, you know, thank you for, you know, just even, you know, asking me to be up here. So I am ready now. Okay. (laughs) All right. What does being Black mean to you? Uh, the first thing I think of is, is culture. Like that's the first thing is like black culture is kind of some of those things that we just don't even think of like growing up black. And like when I think of black or being black, I think of a culture and the, the uniqueness when it is. And it, it is a difference of saying, hey, what does it look like to be black versus white versus Hispanic? You know, that's what I've learned like throughout the years is saying it's not saying I'm uh, opposite or oppose someone else is just saying that hey this is me this is what is unique to me my lifestyle my family my history so it's like you do have a right to say hey I'm black because there is certain things that just is different from everyone else around the world just like from the opposite end if someone would say hey what does it look like to be Hispanic I could imagine that just saying hey there's certain things that I do as a, as a Hispanic person versus a black person and that's okay is is understanding and you know what does that mindset look like so like that's what I, I that's my first like kind of initial uh thought process when I say hey what does it mean to be black it's like what does that culture look like and I think that's something that we embrace I mean from whatever age group to whatever we're in like it it, it goes into so many different industries where it's not like limited to like oh culture black culture is just music or no black culture is fashion art you know science it's is in so many different avenues and industries so it's like it's not limited to like really uh you know one particular thing or whatnot so um but yeah that's what black mean uh being black means to me so when did you first kind of find out that you're black I feel like a lot of people have kind of a point in their life that they're like oh okay like this means something well I know this we're going into like learning about myself but I'm originally from born in Florida so I think that's a unique perspective there because it is one of those 
areas where you have a lot of people, Hispanics, whites, blacks, um, a lot of, a lot of, you know, different personalities and people. So, um, just growing up, I always had, I had like one of my best friends was Hispanic and white. So it's like, I knew there was a difference between us, not necessarily, I mean, it's still a kid. I mean, but you know, it's like, Hey, I look at my hand, you look at your hand and it's like, okay, we're, we're different. But I think when I moved to Virginia, I think that was the biggest difference where it's like, wow, people care about that you are black versus white. And uh, when I moved to Virginia, it was the Southern part of Virginia, like below Richmond, you know, the country, the boonies. So <laughs> you, is this part of the conversation? Um, you learn about Virginia history. Um, I think that's one of the big things about just moving to Virginia. You Virginia history is U.S. history. And, you know, maybe not like other states, but we have a lot of like first black this, first black this, you know, in Virginia. So you learn about that at a really young age just because it is U.S. history through the school system. So um, I'll say that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is like, all right, okay, you know, it's it's more of a, I won't even, I don't want to say I was into politics, but it's like, you can tell there was something different where it's like the conversations. Cause when I was living in Florida, I mean, I played soccer, I played baseball, t-ball with, you know, a mixture of people. I went to schools where it, I wasn't, you know, black people wasn't the majority in the school where I was in Virginia. So it's like, that was like one of the biggest differences there. Mm -hmm. So Okay, so growing up, how long were you in Florida for? Uh, I would say at least like six years, six or seven years. So mm -hmm. a little bit after like elementary school, kind of going into middle school, that type of, or whatever those age groups kind of looked like there. Um, so I was able to kind of see the difference where it's like, hey, you know, you're still a kid. You really don't know what's going on. So, okay, there's a... It isn't conversations, it's in jokes. You see it on TV. So it started to, you know, resonate a little bit more. It's like, hey, in America, you kind of are, you know, kind of forced to choose sides, but it's like, you can kind of tell the difference. So that's like that age group when I was moving between Virginia and uh, Florida. Okay, so then you had that experience growing up and did anything change, you know, when you went to college? You I went to Virginia that. Tech. So yeah. going to college... What was that like? Did anything change? Surprisingly, it was, it was two things that hit me. Um, so one, I went to a high school that was major majority Black, so whites were the minor uh, minority in the school system. So that's, that's one thing. And when I was, you know, my friends were white, you know, it wasn't like a, a clear cut type of, you know, you're white, I'm Black, we stay on two different sides. Like, no, it's just still kind of that same type of thing. But there was the difference of, okay, there's white people that didn't grow up in black spaces. So then you get that different, you know, conversation, people, whatnot. Um, and then I'm used to some of my teachers kind of being able to, for starters, for me being not the only black person in the classroom. So that that was just a, a personal learning thing I had to do was like, I used to not go to the teacher just because I was like, you know what? Mm, no, nah, I'm good. Or like, I don't want to help. I don't ask for help from classmates because I barely see any black people. So I'm really not going to reach out to a white person. Like that was just like, you know, unfortunately, you know, my, um, you know, just whatever, or whatever you want to call it, my, uh, my bias, my whatever. And that limit me, you know, in a detrimental way, just because it's like, you know, why is this, 
you know, causing you, you know, a stumbling block between that. And then the second was, I remember I was making that, I made a joke or it's like something happened. It was funny. And like, it was like, it was when I was like, well, we're all black. And you know, I was in a group of friends that, you know, we're all black. And I was like, oh, we're all black. And then I had a, uh, one of the friends was like, no, I'm African. And I was like, oh, like, wow. Okay. Like, I didn't know that there was a difference between in me between blacks because it's like I had, I had an African teacher in high school but it wasn't you know as prominent as in some areas around the world some areas around the world so it's like okay you know why is there a difference or why do you have to say that and that was kind of like another like kind of understanding like what history is you know again people grow up in different ways come up different you know places different backgrounds that sort of thing yeah it's interesting you say that because I actually had an episode um, of the podcast earlier on called Being Black and African. Um, and that was something that mm. I also really did not understand the distinction. Um, right. I grew up in a predominantly white area my entire life. Like I was like the black girl in most of my classes, mm. let alone like my entire, you know, senior class. Mm. Um, my first uh, African person that I met was my friend Richard Annan, which is very funny. He actually was the first guest mm. I actually had on this podcast. Um, and he hates it. Like I say that, but I'm like, no, like you literally were like, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. Um, and it was really interesting because there is a certain like identity depending on whether you are actually born in Africa, like in an African country, mm-hmm. whether you are first generation, um, how far back right. of like generations are you? If it is it more like an ancestry, like, oh, I know that my family you know, yeah. a while ago is from this place versus like now, like my parents just came over here like when they were in their twenties and like now we're here and like, it has much mm. more of an influence. Um, so I think that that really just like speaks to like being black is like so complex. Like, yes, like mm. we have very similar, we have a lot of similarities where like I talked to somebody like, I'm never going to have to have to explain to another black person, like why when something's funny, like we're going to like run away. Like that just like makes sense. Mm-hmm. Or like when like someone says something crazy, like we all make the same face, like what? Like, right. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, those differences are like certain like traditions, certain foods. Like mm-hmm. the first time I ever had jollof rice was my sophomore year in college which like for some of my friends yeah, like you know same. that's something that's a staple you know that they grew up on and I'm like how was, I living? On, yeah. how was I living without this my entire life like this is like literally crazy but at the same time and then even the differences of how people make the rice it, I was like yeah that was, was like, a whole separate I like, thing oh, I was like <laughs> Nigerian versus I was no, like oh right no right yeah Nigerian jollof versus Ghanaian jollof and like I had a friend that was Liberian he wanted to get into the mix I'm like okay um I I can I I know chicken and dumplings, yams and mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Like I can I can freak mm-hmm. I, some collard greens. I can I can, you know, put mm-hmm. that in the mix. But like there are certain things um associated with certain parts of you know black culture, black people that like mm-hmm. we still have room to learn about, which I think is super cool. Whether that's like African people, Caribbean people, um, indigenous populations, right. all that good stuff. Um so I think that that's at least cool that you at least were exposed to it a little bit in college um Mm -hmm. but obviously still a bit confusing because you're like ah like I got to this point like we're all black but like now there's still somewhat of a divide like 
and I'll add to that too. Uh, I, I didn't bring it up earlier, but uh, my parents did, I think they did a great job of exposing me to different cultures, different people, like not even they're saying just what it means to be black, but just to be a human being and exploring when I, and actually went to Europe um, in middle school before I went to high school. So like that was another exposure to me even prior to college. So like, that was the thing was like, Hey, what does it mean to be a young black boy going to Scotland, England, Ireland, and like these are some places that like why would you go there? But it's like at the time it's like I just needed that exposure. My parents knew better, you know, knew better for me at that time. So it's like, you know, what does that look like to be exposed even in different, uh, you know, nations and you know, um, you know, countries. So I think that was another big thing leading up to college, you know, before and I can you know go back to saying what does those experiences look like too. That's awesome. That's so cool. I think my first time out of the country was. Not think my first time out of the country was my sophomore year for studying abroad. Mm -hmm. I went to Europe and fell in love with it. But that is a story for another time. Um, do you have any <laughs> advice for your younger self? Man, I would just say um, younger self. I mean, I think there's so many different levels, but for sure is you know think limitless because so many different things could change. Um, you know, what does it look like to have purpose? And purpose doesn't necessarily mean it's like a physical type of thing. Like, hey, I want to be a lawyer, but it's like, hey, what does it look like to help people? You can help people, you know, being a lawyer. You can help people taking pictures. You can help people, you know, you know, being a gardener. You know, there's so many different ways you can help people, but being a, like an occupation necessarily isn't purpose in my mind. So it's like, hey, what does it look like to think limitless and to always have a growth mentality? Like, you know, you can always learn. I'm still learning to this day. So I would try to tell my younger self and say, hey, what is it like to this? Want to learn, but also understand that you won't understand everything too and control what you can control because, um, you know, you know, being able to lean into God's purpose for your life is I think is one of the best things that could happen to me at an older age. I wonder what it would look like at a younger age too. So, right. Yeah. I still need that advice right now. Focus on the things you can control. Like the amount, if I really right. only focus on the things I could control, the amount that I could do, crazy. Right. Um, but again, I'm I'm still learning. But I need you to paint a picture for me. So you mm -hmm. went to college. What did you study? Construction study... management, engineering. Construction, okay. So yeah. construction management, engineering. And now you're a photographer. Mm -hmm. Paint the picture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm gonna try to keep it short because I mean I can make it juicy I can make it kind of sound funny I can sound <laughs> make it sound cool um I did is the thing is I went to I went into college and I even wanted to study construction management that's another thing I wanted to be a mechanical engineer then I was like okay mm, you know what then again to the major but there was like yeah you can spend two years doing the prereqs and then apply. So I was like, so that means I'm going to be a sophomore before I even get into the major and then have to spend another four or five years in the program. I was like, you know what? I like college, but not that much to be, <laughs> you know, to be there for that long. Uh, so I had some mutual friends that were in this other major called construction management, engineering. I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. Back in my mind, I had an uncle that owned a construction company in Miami, Florida. So I always had that. I was like, oh, you know what? I can always go back and I can use this major, go back work for him and I can be set. I'm good. I don't have to worry about a job after school. So the main thing was just kind of getting through that major. 
And I mean, just going through the motions for throughout my sophomore, junior year, and senior year, kind of just going through the motions. But in junior year, kind of just my passion for construction management kind of dropped. And I started throwing parties in school. So like that was kind of like my, you know, in between, you know, kind of focusing on that. Through parties, wanted and had a little bit of creativity. Like I wanted to do, I used to paint over the, you know, Christmas breaks, but I was like, okay, we're throwing parties, they're doing pretty well. I need a camera, you know, we need to record this, you know, we need to market this, we need to, you know, capture the vibes, we need to, you know, be able to document this. So had the camera, had through a couple of parties, played around with the camera and take pictures of random things. But then friends started to ask me, it's like, hey, you got a camera, can you take my graduation pictures? And I was like, I've never done that before, but I'm willing to try. I mean, you know, how much do you charge? Oh, you know, what's 50 sound like? You know what? It's better than zero. You know, broke college student. We don't do what we can. So then did that for like one or two times. And then I went to Florida uh, for a construction internship. And I was still in that kind of like party in my camera. But, you know, I'm going to do something outside of work. And I was like, thought to myself, what does it look like to have fun in Miami without paying Miami prices? Because if you've ever been to Miami, they're expensive, and especially for a guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, now I'm living there. So I have to just have fun on the weekends. I DM'd every DJ in Miami and ended up one of the DJs, DJ Ironline, DM me back. He's like, hey, you know, you can come with me, take some pictures. And he, the night I worked with, my first night, I was working with a well-known celebrity. So, like, my first gig, I was like, oh, this is this is nice. You know, I'm getting exposed. People back home in Virginia are like, oh, Kevin's, you know, doing a big with the camera. Forget, like, construction in the, in the back of my mind. Um, so, you know, that went well. I had some, you know, good, like, now portfolio type, you know, material that now I can come back to school and say, hey, I am at least a decent photographer that celebrities are willing to like, let me shoot with them. So, now I'm able to have this kind of, you know, persona like, hey, this is Kevl Arc, the photographer. This is Kevl, the photographer. I can do this while in construction management. So it's like, then I started doing really well. So then I had to either choose between uh, classwork. Am I going to class? Am I not going to class? If I'm in class, am I editing pictures during class? So like, that was like the, the big, you know, difference there. And then now I'm I'm getting like flown out, invited to do things like that. I'm needed to fly out on like a Thursday or Friday. And I'm like, you know what? Pieces, like deuces, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> um, so that was kind of like the the biggest thing kind of going into my like my senior year. And then now I'm like, okay, I really wanna, I think I really can do this. I can really make this a business. I'm making decent money in college. Um, I was always traveling. So I was like, you know, what does it look like? made the LLC without even knowing what LLC really is, you know, just trying to make it as legitimate as I can, but just knowing like, Hey, what does it look like to just step out on an unknown path that I've never seen? I've never seen it done in front of me. Um, parents don't even know kind of what's going on or how they can even support. So I'm like, okay, cool. So did a whole nother year. And then now I'm, I want to paint this picture particularly. I'm getting ready for graduation, the week of graduation, and the whole like month or so, I'm I'm scheduled to book a wedding on the day after my graduation. So if I graduate on May 14th, the wedding is May 15th. So like the whole week, 
pretty much the whole my whole rest of the semester, however long I'm playing the wedding, I'm not even focused on school. I don't like graduation is cool. I know it's a big accomplishment accomplishment for other people and you know their lives, but I was like, no, I shoot my first wedding. Like someone trusts me to take their pictures of their next chapter, you know, their kids, kids, and they'll see this, their grandkids. So I'm like. I need to make sure this wedding is like the best thing ever. And then that's when I realized even before throughout the year, throughout the semesters, like I'm willing to stay up eight and nine hours to study and learn about photography, learn about my camera, do all the things I need to do. But I'm not putting that much effort into like the the classwork. And I think I was like, all right, I need to make a decision. Whatever one I need to do, I want to, whatever I choose to do, I want to do my best at it. So like that's the mentality I had. So had my the wedding shot and I'm like, hey mom and dad, like don't invite a lot of people because I have to leave like right after this graduation to go start getting ready for this wedding. So like that was like the start of my photography career because now out of school, didn't go into that construction job that I thought I had secured, you know, in sophomore <laughs> year. Now I'm full time, kind of making ends meet you know, move back home and trying to say, hey, you know, what do we go for? Where do we go from here? So that's that picture from construction management to um, photography or whatever you want to call it. I hope that was vivid enough. It was. Um, I, I don't know. I think stuff like that is so cool. Um, and especially I feel like there is a weight or I'll say a pressure within the black community in particular to go to school, get a degree, start working. Like that's mm-hmm. like very much like if you do that, like parents are gonna be happy. And if the parents are happy, then everybody's mm-hmm. happy type thing. Um, so I think it's very cool that you recognize like, ah, like maybe that's not what I actually want to do. And actually being mm-hmm. able to look at your situation and like see like, I'm pulling all-nighters but like to learn about this other thing and like mm. I'm not putting real effort into like the the school thing and that's okay like I think something that I've learned mm-hmm. after college in particular and like being around creatives and like now that I'm like taking a legitimate step into content creation because I feel like you and I've talked of course not mm. on the episode but just like offline uh, content creation full-time right. scares me it does. It scares me because I feel like I have more mm-hmm. stability mm-hmm. in engineering and I right. learned all this stuff at school, took tests to prove that I did. Now I got this job. I have a salary. Like, cool. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I've ever told you that. I, I think it's like really admirable that you were able to, at such a young age, take a step out on faith and be like, nah, Mm. like, this is like what I actually want to do. And like, I'm going to figure it out. Um, Because I'm seeing like, kind of like, I want to the finished product, because again, as you said earlier, like, you're always learning, you're always improving. But I'm seeing like a much Mm. more polished version of that step out on faith. Um, So as like an outsider looking in, it's just like, ah, like, nah, like, kept like, Kevin says he's learning stuff, but, like, whenever I ever have a question, like, I'm always going to ask Kevin and, like, see if he ever has time for me to pick his brain or, like, see how he Mm -hmm. feels about something. Um, So to give you your flowers real quick, I think that's really cool. I appreciate you. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's, I mean, of course, I wanted to keep it vibrant and, you know, upbeat, but there's definitely, like, 
I mean, shoot, a lot of nights were like being broke and being like, all right, Kev, you want this so bad, but you necessarily don't have the money to fulfill it all the you know all the way through. And um, as creatives, you know, we kind of I think a lot of times you see the you know unpaid work or free labor that you know I think just built character. I know there's you know stigma around it. That's a whole another conversation you know for later. But um, there's certain things that I think you know definitely molded me. Um, you know, and things I can't even understand or explain. Um, God's grace throughout it all because there was a lot of time I know what I was doing and probably in places I shouldn't have been in the first place but you know what does that look like to you know live it out um, through faith even if you know what I think is faith or you know what I think is is right and God is still correcting me through you know, chasing me so it's like you know hey you might be you might think you're on the right path but you you know I want you to be over here you know do certain things so um i mean throughout it all it's been it's been a journey and that's one thing i love about the camera is that i've been able to document some of those like unpolished you know like you said polishes now but those unpolished like episodes or moments in my life where it's like nah like is this something that I, I go back to some of the videos where I used to throw parties? It was like, nah, you really think I was throwing parties or I was in parties? Like, no, here you go. Here's the actual video. And I think that's so cool about like the media world is that you can document, you know, history in your own life or, you know, around the world. Right. So you're a photographer. Now, recently, mm -hmm. you made a little bit of a pivot to kind of go into the actual content creator world. Cause I feel like initially, right. When I first met you, you were more aiding content creators and like, you know, creating their mm -hmm. content or capturing, you know, what they wanted you to capture. But now you're kind of taking a step into content creating. How's that been? Uh, it's different. Um, I think I'm now <laughs> I I I really I really sympathize with content creators a little bit more, even as a creator, like with the camera, because I mean, just like any of my clients that I've shot with or any creators that I've worked with, I'm not necessarily say I'm like I'm bossy, but I'm like, you know, come on, let's shoot or hey, let's shoot or like, you know, all you need is two takes or all you need is three takes. And now on the side of the camera, I'm like, mm, I don't like it. And then um, I'm going to shout out my friend Corey because just growing up, I, he was like one of the first creators I've ever worked with, like hand in hand. And I mean, it used to be so many times where we'd be shooting for a campaign or project. And I'm like, bro, could we please just hurry up and shoot this? Like, he's like, no, I don't like this. Or no, I don't like that way I look. Or, hey, you know, this is not done right. Or I don't like it. And I used to just be like, oh, like my patience was like really low. But now just being on the other side of, the, you know, the, the creative, like me being actually in front of the camera, me have to talk and rehearse things. I'm like, mm, this is a, it's a little different, you know? Um, but it's a great space to be in. I like it. Um, it's it is different though. Uh, but I love that you can be able to, you know, be that representation in the industry in the commercial, you know, space where you didn't see a lot of black people or you know people that just looked like you, or even if it was people that looked like you, it wasn't even the stories or the storyline behind it wasn't naturally or 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 correct or like. Mm, how many people was in the room that approved this message you know like <laughs> certain things like that so it's like you know being able to 
I say social media influence and concentration is a revolutionary piece in marketing that I think we have yet to see like the full potential of it. And I think that's what's so important about, you know, standing 10 toes down on, you know, certain ideas that you may not see. Cause I think that's one of the hardest thing as a content creator, media creative is that sometimes you're creating things that you've never seen before, but you just got a hunch. Like you just got a feeling that, you know what, this might go viral or, Hey, this not even necessarily viral, but you want people to be exposed to your idea that you want eyes to see it. So it's like, what does it look like to have that revolutionary idea? And then, you know what, let's stay 10 toes down on this idea and like, let's do it anyway, even if it does only get five people to like it or, or look at it. And understand is that, hey, we're still in a revolutionary period in this world, this space that, you know what, let's do it anyway. Let's try it. If it doesn't work, we don't try it again, fix, tweak it, do a little couple of things and, you know, go from there. So, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that I've, I have a love and hate relationship with when it comes to content creation, mm -hmm. because in the past year, I definitely have realized through therapy that I'm a perfectionist. Um, and that's cool when like, you're actually able to like have this idea and like, literally create it like I feel like people like say like the mm -hmm. word like ah like a creator like you're creating whatever like literally like yeah. you have a vision in your head and you have an idea of what some something's supposed to look like an angle that like you're supposed to shoot a product mm -hmm. at or like or even like more there's more like lifestyle videos like now that like are becoming more mm -hmm. popular like it would be cool if like I was pumping gas but like I have my camera on top of like the gas pump so like you have mm -hmm. like more of like an aerial view of like me like doing yeah. it like that'd be like cooler you have like these ideas of them being able to actually record all the content in hopefully a timely manner which normally never happens yeah. edit it all together again hopefully in a timely manner which normally doesn't happen and you get this like video or you get this photo or like whatever piece of content and you're like wow like this literally was in my head like a week ago. And like, now it's like literally in front of me and like, now I can share it with the world. I feel like a lot of people, mm -hmm. because like content creating has become like more of a thing that like a lot of people are doing. I was very much of the same uh, thought process. Like, oh, like an influencer. Like I like taking pictures. Like, yeah, I can do that. Like, cool. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I had like my first brand partnership that I was like, similar to Corey, I'm sure like I actually like, I like had I was it was like a natural hair like video I was like wash my hair mm -hmm. I didn't like how the footage looked so I was like damn I'm gonna have to wash mm -hmm. my hair again tomorrow <laughs> like, right. like I didn't like how the video was they're like oh like when you're doing natural hair content like you have to think about like the steam you can't you literally can't take a hot shower or you have to have your door mm -hmm. open because you don't want your camera yeah. lens to fog or like you don't want too much water to get on the floor. So you have to have towels all over. Like you literally don't think about how much effort goes into creating sure. this quote unquote perfect aesthetic piece of content until you're actually doing it. Right. But the satisfaction that you feel and you're like, oh yeah. And you like send over to yeah. the brand like, yeah, there's no edits. <laughs> like, I know there's going to be no edits. And even right. actually when there are edits and you're like, no, <laughs> I work so hard on I that. know, you. Sometimes, sometimes we put in pieces where, like, I know they don't edit, they don't ask to edit this, but I have everything else right. But then I say, you know what? They probably don't change this. I'm gonna keep it in there, just so, just humanly nature, they want to find something that's wrong with this. I was like, oh, watch this. They don't ask to change it, and I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> really? Pro tip there. That's a okay. pro tip there. <laughs> 
Okay. I will keep that in mind the next time I'm looking for the brand. That's funny. So I mentioned earlier that Kevin is one of the most busy people that I've ever met outside of myself, of course. So outside of being a photographer, being now a content creator, you also do a lot of work in the community. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, being a servant um, uh, for Jesus Christ first, but then being able to see what does it look like to be expressed, you know, kind of through your, your daily activities, you know, throughout your your work, life missions, whatever you want to call it, life ventures. I think, you know, to truly say, you know, I want to do good, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, I say it's hard to say that without seeing the action and like, you know, of course you hear the, you know, the, the sayings of, you know, action speaks louder than words, but I physically just, I feel like personally, like I need to be on front lines, stuff like that. So, um, over the, like the last year, um, started, you know, the last two years a year, um, started attending church at, you know, Calvary Chapel Word of Life in North Philadelphia. And like through that has been able to kind of give me a more structured, you know, community involvement through church. And I believe like that's one of the biggest things there was like, I've always had a, a sense of working with kids. I always had a sense of working with the community, you know, especially communities that, you know, I'm just involved in because I'm not from Philly. I, you know, I've kind of been through just through friends, mutual friends, and now work there. But now it's like, hey, what's it like to just be involved in the community that I am spending time in? So um, right now it's one of the things that I've seen that I know God has been able to call me into spaces that are dealing with kids. And now like just being able to go through Bible study and talk to some of the kids and like just be able to see like, you know, some of their circumstances are way different than what I ever, you know, grew up in. But, you know, to be able to expose them, you know, certain things, certain, um, you know, mindset changes, different things that they can like, you know, future mindset, you know, ideas is that, you know, that can make a difference. But through that, uh, right now, we are currently in the plans of renovating uh, old elementary school building. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know, I'm still yet to wrap my head around because it's huge. It's, I mean, it's pretty big. You've been there to, you know, help clean and paint or whatever. But I think from the grand scheme, grand grand scheme of it all is that um, those are certain things that is going to be like way beyond my own understanding involving the impact it'll have on the community, the kids, like, you know, just learning about Philadelphia is like, you know, you might see some kids on the side of the street and they just out, chilling, doing whatever, because they don't have anywhere to go, you know? And so, you know, being able to, you know, provide an you know, opportunity for them to be able to have a safe environment after school, you know, be able to learn new things. And what does it look like to learn about the word of God, you know, be able to be around people that care about them and want to protect them and be able to see, hey, what does it look like to, you know, um, you know, provide for the community and, you know, help the community and be that, that seed that does grow, you know, within the community to, you know, revitalize it. Um, so that's kind of like where it is now. And like, even out of school, you know, between me and like my friend Corey, we went to school together. We learned early on and said, hey, um, one of the biggest things is like, be the change that you want to see. So it's like there's nobody really doing it, you know, or, you know, saying, dang, someone should be out there, you know, giving these kids some pens and pencils. Like, you know, people think that, you know, giving your, your giving money 
or if you don't have money, that's the only way you can help your community or you can help give. Like sometimes the time that you give, this the effort that you give is more than enough when it comes to your involvement of just wanting to help your community being involved. So, you know, I think that's, um, Unfortunately, that's an excuse that people use. And I even for myself, it's been times where like, mm, I don't have money. I might can, you know, I'll skip out on this opportunity. But you know, it was a lot to say, hey, I don't know how I can help. Um, I might not have the funds to help, you know, drastically, but you know, what's it like? Can I show up, you know, volunteer some hours, some time, or hey, I do have some of I can use my camera, you know, like there's different ways that you can be able to, you know, help your community within your own skills and your own passions too, that you know, not necessarily necessarily, you know, ties to just money. So I think that's one of the biggest things. And like back in 2019, like another, you know, God written story is that we did I think 500 book bags in, uh, between Virginia and Philadelphia and that was just like off the strength of like we want to do something the kids need book bags but we don't have the money you know how does this work and we were able to raise $10,000 within a month without like yeah, I don't have the money. Like, we're not a former in, in a non-profit so people like really can't get tax write off so it's like you know, you just want to be able to help. This is it. So just being able to put ourselves out there and say, hey, we don't have the money, but we do have the effort and the willingness to do so. But then also saying, hey, you know, helping your community in a way that saying, you know, doesn't necessarily, you know, benefit you or something that fulfills you in a way that's selfish. Because when COVID hit, book bags wasn't needed. Like, that was the thing that, like, if we wanted to, you know, book bags is cool. You know, it's a popular thing to do in your community. But there's some places that actually do need the book bags. But we learned it's like, yo, one of the teachers, like, one of our mentors is like, hey, do y'all really just want to do these book bags because they're they're cool? Or, you know, they're, you know, popular or whatever. Or are they really impactful? And then you learn it's like, wow, okay. Some of the people that come in for book bags, they didn't hit, like, two other book bag giveaways in the same neighborhood. So it's like, okay, cool. You know, what does that look like? But then when COVID hit, it'll be selfish. It'll be selfish for us to do book bag giveaways again when kids need meals or, you know, they need Wi-Fi at home. Like that doesn't, you know, me saying, hey, I want to do book bags again. That would have been selfish, you know, selfish, selfish of, of us to be like, hey, let's let's do book bags again. I'm like kids don't need that. You know, right. mom needs a... a a, uh, a babysitter now because kids are, you know, getting taught at home. Like those are certain things. It was like, Hey, what does it look like to actually care and do the end that, you know, dive deep into saying, Hey, how impactful do I want to be, you know, within that community involvement? I don't know. I, I think uh, like Kevin said, I was able to come to the school. It's based in Germantown. Um, and I used to love service. Service was like the thing that I did in college, like outside of like, I was an acapella group. I like did that for 10 hours a week. And then like service was like my other, you know, 10, 15 hour a week activity. Um, so after graduating, I feel like a lot of times people don't like tell you like a lot of like the normal things that you do in college, like just aren't there anymore. So again, mm -hmm. with my acapella group, like I was singing all the time and then like yeah. I graduated and I just kind of like stopped. 
um, I, my friend was actually like making a joke with me in the car because I was like singing to a song and she's like, ah, like I like, literally forgot that you like sing. And I was like, bro, so did I, like, I forgot that like, that was even a thing that I right. do. So with service, I was super excited when you and Corey posted about, um, I believe that was for MLK day last year. Yeah. Yeah. For the yeah. year before, one of the years, I can't remember. It. I think it was, I think it was last year. Oh my goodness. I think it was last year. Um, but the MLK day cleanup, because at my university, we also had like a day of service as well. Um, and it was just a while since I had ever like just gone and like physically done something for, you know, X amount of time. Um, yeah, Camille was, she was raking, she was doing a lot of things. I literally had so much fun. I met people there. It was just really, really good. And granted, I will say it was super, super, super cold. I do distinctly remember that my hands were literally frozen. But I don't know, the level of satisfaction that you feel after like physically putting effort into something, it's different than, you know, donating $100 like to something. Not saying the $100 isn't helpful and could it be used right. towards, you know, cleaning supplies or paint or things like that. Like finance, money is always going to make the world go around. But mm taking the time, you know, physically go outside and be like, yo, like, what can I physically do to help this cause? Um, right. So I'm really waiting on y'all to have another cleanup because I told all my friends, like, a bunch of my friends were like, oh, like, when's the next one? I'm like, ah, I don't know, I ask. See, that's the reason why you don't wait until the next one. No, Get on the but, first the, one. but the, no, first of all, so we can set the record straight for the listeners. Kevin would be posted on his story when he's already there. I'm like, Kevin. <laughs> I wouldn't tell. But post the finished product, like, oh yeah, finally finished painting this room. I'm like, I like to paint too, Kevin. Like, invite me. So don't get it twisted. I've been trying. I want to be a servant as well. But Kevin has been standing in my way. So don't play with me. We'll do better. I, Thank I'll, you. I'll on, on record, we'll do better. Thank you, because there's a lot of people. Again, a lot of people responded to my video, because of course I made mm -hmm. content surrounding it. Um. And they're like, oh, like, that's so cool. Like, again, as an adult, I just think sometimes finding yeah. volunteer opportunities is just more difficult. It, they're not handed to you, at least. Like, yes, there's yeah. places to volunteer. Um, but I think that'll be cool. Yeah, and I would be Greek. <laughs> right, exactly. Because with Greek organizations, that is one thing they have on, like, the adult aspect of life. It's like they have those right. opportunities that like, are kind of, like, given, given um, not given to them, but, like, or organized yeah on a regular yeah, basis um so as someone that's not in a greek organization i need help too so i want to help so if you need help publicizing something let me know because i want to be able to you know pour into the community especially given that it's you know relatively close by to where i am yeah. so um but no i think that that's really cool i didn't even know was that like one of the first times I'm trying to, I'm trying, I was thinking about the timeline of, like, me meeting you, but, like, I, like, knew that you were a photographer and, like, were into the content creating thing, and then you just kind of, yeah. like, introduced this whole, like, yeah, we're, like, redoing, like, an uh, old school, and I'm, like, yeah. what? Like, what don't you do? <laughs> like, what, what don't, yeah. you don't even know. That's the funny I mean, story. that's, I mean, <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's the beauty of it that I, I mean, just on this, this this journey and, you know, having it God-inspired, God-focused, and because that's the biggest thing where it's like a lot of the things that I've been, you know, blessed to be a part of, I would have never thought I'd be doing some of the things I'd be doing if I was, 
you know, talking to my younger self or five, six years ago when I was in school. That's something crazy to say, too. But, you know, when I was in school, it's like, yeah, I would have never thought I'd be working in Philly, talking to some some kids in North Philly about, you know, what, you know, some kids that have never been outside of Philadelphia. So it's like, um, I had a kid, I was like, you know, are you coming to church tonight? And I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm in Virginia. He's like, oh, that's cool. That sounds fun. I'm like, you know, Mason, you know, mundane or, you know, boring to me, but, you know, it's probably a kid that never seen what country Virginia looks like, you know, even if, you know, someone wants to see it or, or Washington, D.C. So it's like, I would have never thought about it. And then what does it look like to, you know, have a limited, a limitless, you know, thought process, you know, within a young age, having that older person come talk to me that relatively looks like me young in age where it's like, yo, you can do it too. Like, you know, like the song say, but it's like, Hey, you know, I don't have to, you don't have to wait till you're older to give back, to want to be involved. Like, I think that's a lot of times too, within our, our generation, our age group is that we think we need to be at a certain status or a certain place or, you know, certain whatever to feel comfortable to, you know, help and be involved. It's like, Hey, even though you might not be where you want to be, there's always, you know, that young kid that can be able to just be able to, you know, ask you a couple of things and say, hey, what does it look like to be where you're at? Hey, hey, I'm still trying. I'm, you know, I'm still working. I'm still trying to, you know, see what it looks like. But I can tell you that, hey, whether rent is expensive, save your money, and, you know, now versus saying, hey, oh, I brought my house and I used to rent 30 years ago. Like, no, you can talk you can talk about your story as you're living it now too so even in like just that community building involvement from the kids and then also just you know I think you also have to be you know really you know be able to be aware and observe your own community and say hey what does your community need in itself too I love that um so towards the end of our podcast episodes we have something called this or that it is a lightning round I'm going to be asking you five questions. You can give me your answer and give me an explanation. You can give me your answer and not give me an explanation. It is completely up to you. Five questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Because <laughs> I'm going to be. Right. <laughs> All right. Photo or video? Photo. Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. Wow. Okay. Studio shoot or outdoor shoot? Mm, outdoor. Behind the camera or in front of the camera? Behind the camera. Behind the camera. Can, so, I be, can I be in front of the camera, but behind the camera too? You trying to do the behind the scenes? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> this or that. <laughs> this or that. <laughs> behind the camera yeah, all right I, i'm gonna say behind the camera okay and last question film or digital uh i'm gonna keep it digital i like <laughs> film but i just I'll, I'll rather create digital i'd rather look at film so okay all right that's an interesting distinction all right cool um now kevin i really really appreciate you take the time to talk with me. Um, I always love talking to you, as you know, which is why you were a very easy person to think of when thinking about relaunching my podcast. Um, I think I, not think, I know that I feel very blessed to have crossed paths with you. And I think that hopefully I know that listeners will 
um, be drawn to a person like you that had was doing one thing, realized, ah, like maybe I want to do another and like is now thriving. And again, still humble enough to see like, yeah, you're like doing the damn thing. If you didn't realize that, like you are, but at the same time, like you're trying to learn along the way, which is like very, very cool. All while trying to ensure that you're impacting the community that you're in positively. So that's just very, very cool. Um, is there anything that you want our listeners to know? Where can we find you? Uh, first, again, thank you. Uh, appreciate you for kind words, friendship, you know, advice, you know, things when it comes to consecration and whatnot. So, again, thank you for this and the podcast and, you know, being able to, you know, pop it up and, you know, around and hopefully people will be able to, you know, gain something from it. I know they will. But, um, but yeah, um, in regards to contacting me and finding me, uh, all platforms, social media platforms is Kevl Arts, so K3. B zero A R T. Um, I'm a LinkedIn person, so Kevin Stevenson Jr. You can find me. Please connect with me. I, even as a creative, creative, um, LinkedIn has been you know useful for me. So I'm always on a plug LinkedIn. That's unsponsored, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a you know. So please you know connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and I'm all I'm all for game. I'm all for open conversations and whatnot. Um, so. Please feel free to email me uh, at Kevin, K-E-V-I-N-S, the letter S and J, and then at K3MMG.co. So, um, and then my website would just be K3MMG.co. Do have a personal page if you want to kind of check out a little bit more of like my personal life, um, kind of some things that I, I've done. And I have some like kind of longer story, you know, elements. Uh, so that would be, Website would be k3vo.com, so C-O-M. Um, but, yeah, that will be kind of how you can contact me. I'm trying to be like Camille and kind of show more of my life on the <laughs> photographer side as a quote-unquote influencer, content creator, whatever you want to call it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I'm just grateful to be here and, you know, thank you. I enjoyed it. Yeah, again, very, very happy that you are here. I will definitely put all of Kevin's contact in the description box. Um, For people that are still listening, I really appreciate that you're here. If you got here, please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate the podcast. That helps people discover us. And again, you're tuning in to our series, Being Black and Creating Spaces. And I'll see you next week. Bye.